Good morning, First Baptist Alameda, and welcome to our worship time. You notice that I'm sitting down today. It's been a little bit of a week for me. I'll talk about that in a moment. I actually want to mix things up a little bit today and uh, approach it differently. First, I want to talk about sort of the convergence of a couple of life lessons in my life, and uh, then I want to tell you something that I'm really upset about. <clears throat> And then I think after I get that off my chest, we'll be able to talk about some thoughts on a very familiar passage from the lectionary this week, Acts chapter 2, coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, and have some thoughts about creativity in terms of mission. But first, beginning where I am, I want to let you know first how much I appreciate all of you and uh, your concern for me. Between the taping of last week and this week, uh, I had a really significant week in my life in terms of personal illness. Um, and it reminded me a couple of things. This is a stomach condition that I've had over the years. It's been many years since I've had it, about 10 years actually. So I guess 10 years ago I was able to bounce back a little quicker. Um, so I'm learning that recovery from hospitalization and uh, major illness is not a really fast thing, so it doesn't happen on my time frame. I guess maybe that's one of our takeaways from coronavirus, right, is that uh, the universe does not revolve around us. There are other forces in the world, and sometimes our best uh, response is just to go with it as much as we can. But I want to let you know, church, how loved I have felt by you and by your expressions of concern for me. Maybe some of you say, what? I didn't know anything was going on. This all came up pretty quickly for me. A week ago on Thursday night, I woke up in the middle of the night with significant abdominal pain that would not subside. And so I went to the emergency room in the middle of the night and was admitted and was found to have a small intestine blockage, complete blockage of the small intestine, which was great in the pain, so nothing by mouth for several days and some uh, non-surgical interventions at the hospital, and I was good to go, at least good enough to go home where you can really rest when you're not in a medical center. And uh, so I just find myself going through periods of occasional discomfort still, uh, I find myself with significant lethargy. I have tried to work a little bit the last couple of days. I've spent some time on the phone and in meetings, and you know it's coming, but it's coming slowly. So thank you for your love and concern. Thank you for your prayers. And church, thank you for being a place where I could land, a place that has felt like home to me now for these three years. You are my family, and your concern and your love has meant a whole lot to me, and really it's helped me. It has. It's helped me get better. It's helped me to heal. And like I said, I'm taking uh, as much time as I can, as much patience as I can muster. You know, I thought because of COVID-19 that my life had already slowed to a stop and I felt like it was plenty slow-paced enough. But sometimes things happen, right, outside of our control. And the big lesson for me has been that 
Sometimes slow is not slow enough. And we need to dial it all the way back. So that's what I've been doing. And eating a lot of popsicles. And watching a documentary on Netflix. I'll talk more about that in a minute. Let me tell you what's bothering me. This is, uh, this is Friday night as we tape. And you'll be seeing this Sunday morning. This is Friday following Memorial Day. And I'm upset about George Floyd's death. And I wish that I could shake it. I wish that the fact that the officer that killed him is now in custody, I wish that made me feel better. Um, I wish some of the national dialogue around our unrest and the pain of our people of color, I wish bringing that to the surface helped. None of it does. Uh, these, uh, these are difficult times. This is a raw time for us anyways. And uh, this incident on Memorial Day uh, has rightly sparked significant outrage in our nation. I'm not saying that justifies the looting or the riots or the craziness or any of that that's going on, but, but what it says to us is that there's a great deal of pain in our national consciousness that is associated with years of white supremacy and police brutality. And this is something that needs to be reckoned with. As former President Obama said this week, this is not something that should be the part of the landscape of, uh, of May 2020 in the United States of America. So these are difficult times. These are trying times. And there's just a sense of sadness that has been pervasive. And I think nationally, that we're not sure what to do with. We need to find ways to be the kind of people that God is leading us to be. People of justice, people of righteousness, a people of integrity, and a people of compassion. People that are rightfully morally outraged when something happens like this, when we see graphic images of someone's life being squeezed out of them in the street by those who are there to protect us and serve us. And if you wonder why our people of color have distrust for, uh, for our police force, that's why. It's, it's sad. So I want you to join with me in prayer. I want you to consider what, how do we step up here? What do we do? I think it begins at home. I think it begins in our relationships with one another. Relationships that we have with people who are different from us. Let's have a dialogue. Let's say to folks, man, I feel your pain. I see. I understand it hurts me like it hurts you. And then, of course, we think about police officers, the vast, vast majority of them who are doing their job, who are making our streets safe. And we pray for them, and we, uh, we're hopeful that God will use this sad and tragic episode in Mr. Floyd's life and uh, use it for his advantage 
Use it for God's purpose. That somehow, some way, something good would come out of this and his death would not be in vain. So join with me in prayer. Let's take a moment and then I want to turn with you to the text. God, in these times it's easy to become self-absorbed and to think about the things in our life that bother us so much. God, we're alive today. We have this life. Father, we pray for this situation. We pray for Minneapolis. God, we pray for our cities. We pray for Oakland. We pray for San Jose. God, we pray for our nation. We pray for healing in terms of racial disparity. God, if it's in health care, if it's in law enforcement. Father, we pray that you would help us to be the hands and feet of Jesus to make an impact in this world the best way that we can. We pray that you open our eyes, God, as we look to the text. Help us not only to see what's going on in this world. God, show us what's going on in the scripture. Show us how you're teaching and leading us to be the kinds of people who can bring about real and lasting change in this world. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, here we go into Acts chapter 2. It's such a familiar story. It's one that I've preached from at least a dozen times in my life. Every time I look at it, I see something new. And I've certainly seen it through the lens of the two things that I started out talking to you about today. Seen it from the lens of my own personal experience of pain, discomfort, and illness. And I've seen it through the lens of moral outrage in terms of what's going on in our life and times. What we have in Acts chapter 2 is the universal gift of God's Spirit for the universal purpose of mission. And what we find as we look into the text is that the creative wind of the Spirit of God fuels our mission. That's what I want to unleash in you today is permission to explore creativity in mission. It's what this COVID-19 time has been all about, hasn't it? We've spent significant time as a board here at First Baptist trying to look at and think through what a way back for us would be to in-person worship. There's no going back to what we had before. It's never going to be the same again. There will be a time when we're back in the building together, but it's going to look entirely different. Man, what we have as a result of this is an opportunity to get down to priority in terms of mission. This gives us a blank slate to recreate, but it's always been the case in the church that we want to continue doing what we've always done because it's comfortable, right? In the early church, Jesus said to the disciples, you'll be my witnesses here in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In concentric circles, the mission would go out. What the church didn't know until they discovered along with us in Acts chapter 7 is that this would happen through an intense persecution of God's people. 
It was persecution that fueled the mission of the early church. It wasn't that they wanted to go. It was that they were literally kicked out of the nests by religious aggression and intolerance. Sometimes God uses forces beyond our control in order to accomplish his purposes in our life. Church, let's hope that that's the case for us on the other side of COVID-19. Acts chapter 2, you know the story so well. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. So there's a auditory, visual experience in the early church that coincides with the disciples, the women, the men, the family of Jesus gathered in the upper room, praying and waiting expectantly. And it was in that moment of waiting that the gift of the Spirit was poured out. And you had this thing that you could see and hear and feel that was going on that was undeniable. There was this phenomenon. And people from all over the world who were gathered in Jerusalem were able to hear the wonders of God in their very own language. This was miraculous. No one knew what to make of it. So Peter, as sort of the default spokesman, spokesperson in the early church, explained to them in verse 14 of chapter 2, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. People of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. What Peter says is that what's, what you're experiencing today can only be explained by a backward glance. This is what the prophet so many hundreds of years ago had said what happened in these times. And then he quotes from Joel chapter 2, beginning in verse 17 of Acts chapter 2. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they will prophesy. What we have in the words of this ancient text is the universal gift of God for the universal purpose of prophecy. You see, in the Old Testament times, the Spirit of God would descend upon an individual and then depart from them. Spirit of God would come, Spirit of God would go. And it was only during special times of divine visitation that this sort of inspiration and creativity would be unlocked that would move the people of God forward. Peter says in quoting Joel, what used to happen only every once in a while is now happening all of the time in all of y'all's lives. And this is the new reality for us to get used to. 
that it's not going to be special women and men who are called and set aside by God, but all of us who are going to be used, all of us who are going to be endowed by the Spirit, all of us who are going to prophesy and proclaim the wonders of God. And the only way to think about that is in terms of creativity. He talks about visions and dreams and prophecies. If you've been a student of this book for any length of time, you know there are no shortage of ways that God uses to communicate to his people. He comes to us in dreams. He comes to us in conversations that we have with our friends. He comes to us through the circumstances in our lives. He comes to us through what's going on nationally. He comes to us through global health pandemics. God is always speaking, always creating, always doing something beautiful and wonderful. And the message of Acts chapter 2 is that you and I are always up for being a part of that. I told you about part of my plan for convalescence was a Netflix docu-series. The title was... uh, our planet and it's a nature show and you know you can zone out and see these magnificent amazing creatures animals migration patterns ecosystems and how everything works together in brilliant harmony and even in light of the harm that we've done to the planet life finds a way nature adapts there is infinite creativity and beauty and complexity that comes to us through nature. And behind all of that, every single manifestation of it, is God himself. God who is always looking to be co-creating with us in terms of what's going on in our life and times. In terms of what's going on in my body, what's going on in my mind, what's going on in my spirit, what's going on in my aggression, what's going on in my relationships, what's going on in my healing or in my lack of healing, what's going on in terms of where we're going as a congregation, where we're going as a people, what we're doing, mission. God is always on mission, never at rest. And you and I are a people who are called to mission. The creative force of which comes to us not through our own sense of ingenuity, not through our bright ideas or our morally superior intellect. The creative force that fuels the mission of God into the waiting, watching world is through the agency of God's Spirit. And it unleashes in us a potential to do things in ways we've never done them before. Think about it. The church advances in the summer of 2020 so infinitely different than it had in the end of 2019. I think about five years ago or 20 years ago. But through all this change, through all of this evolution, what we do as a church maintains just about the status quo, right? We always do what we've always done because we've always done it that way, right? Those are literally 
the last words of the dying church. We've always done it that way. Guess what? Right now, in front of our faces, May of 2020, moving into June of 2020, we have an opportunity to completely redefine. There are no boundaries. There is no sense that we can do it this way. It's not like this. You know, back when I was a kid, here's how we came back after every novel coronavirus, right? It's unprecedented. Nobody knows. We have an opportunity to do things differently. What day do we meet? How long do we meet? What do we do when we meet? Do we meet? Think about it. For 12 weeks, we haven't met. We're still the church. Church isn't dependent on us being together in a building on a certain day of the week. And certainly, the mission of God is not constrained by any health pandemic or anything else. As long as you and I have life and breath, we are the church and we advance the mission of God. How do we unlock creativity? Think about the times in your life when you are most creatively engaged with solution-oriented outcomes, when you're at the top of your game. Think about how to foster that, how to develop that. Think about that time at the end of the night when you're drifting off to sleep and you're just sort of, your defenses are down. Or, or in the early morning hours when, when you're sort of awake but not quite, you're dreaming but you're not sure. Maybe it's in the shower. Maybe it's as you're walking. Maybe it's in dialogue with other people. Go back to those conversations that you had in college, sitting around the dorm rooms late at night thinking about the ways in which you could change the world. And then all of a sudden something happened and we settled into this numb predictability about how we're going to go about living our lives. Maybe we've given up entirely on the idea of making a difference. Maybe we think about this thing with George Floyd's death and we say, you know what, man, that's just the world we live in. There's nothing we can do about that. There's no way that we can change. No way I can have an impact on the people in my life. Nonsense. God's spirit. The spirit of the living God is alive and active in his church, and you and I are that church, not a building. It's about us. It's about our relationships. It's about making the most of our God-given giftedness in order to have an impact. I want for you to blow the lid off of your life. This is the perfect opportunity to do that. What would it mean to go all out, to place all of your chips into the pot, to say I'm all in, no reservation, no going back, I'm entirely committed to doing something new and different. Well, what's the problem with thinking like that? We might fail. We might mess up. We might fall down and skin our knee. But you know what? It might be a little better to go out like that than to rust out, than to have never tried, than to have played it safe all of our lives. Think in terms of your life, your purpose, your own sense of mission. 
your relationships, your finances, the, the ministry that God is calling you to, how can you blow the cobwebs out of your thinking? Whatever it takes, I want to get you there. I think a big part of it is prayer. I think it's not at all coincidental that this happened on the day of Pentecost when they were waiting and praying and looking for something to happen. Spoiler alert, right? Jesus had told them, wait for the gift I'm about to give you. But they were waiting together in prayer. And it's a pattern that didn't change in the New Testament church. That was one of the very few things that they did predictably, is that the early church would gather together for times of prayer. Times of prayer that were unspecified, times of prayer that were unprogrammed, time when they could just sit and listen to the creative force of the Spirit of God. That's what I want for us. That's what I'm looking for in my life. And I'm excited. I didn't choose COVID-19. I'll put that on. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. That wasn't me. That wasn't any of us. But this sucker happened. And you know what? You can't fight that it happened. But you can say, how am I going to use this to make a difference in the way I do business? That's what we're committed to as a church. That's what I want to invite you to. Join with me as we pray. God, you give us this day and you give us our daily bread and you do call us to be different, God, than we've ever been before. And that call is frightening. God, there's good reasons we resist. And, and no one would think any different of us if we walk away. But God, there's something that won't let us. Something that says, God, we're made for more than this. Something that says that our world and our nation is better than this. There's something that says, God, we in our lives can make a difference because we are powered by the winds of your Holy Spirit. God, do a work in us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. Pray for me, I'll pray for you. Amen.